Hello and thank you for listening. I am so excited to say that I now have a Patreon that you can go to. I'll make sure I include the information in the show notes. But I have multiple tiers you can choose from. $1, $3, and $5 tiers. The $1 Spooky Soul tier gives you access to an online Discord community that is filled with fellow spooky souls. If you want to talk about creepy, cozy things, you might be interested in that. The $2 Cryptid Creature tier lets you have that online community, as well as giving you early access to episodes, bonus content, and secret bonus content. And the $5 Kachu Cuddler tier, named after my fluffy, squish-faced kitty, lets you have that online community, early access to episodes, and the bonus material, but it also lets you suggest future episodes and I'll shout out your name during each episode. Thank you so much for your listenership and support, and I can't wait to talk to you more soon. Hello, and welcome to Creepy Core and Folklore, the show about creatures, encounters, old tales, and myths. I'm your host, Iona Wayland a dark fantasy author, mental health professional, and overall curious person. I want to join other spooky souls and hear about these unusual stories. Hello, spooky soul, and welcome to episode... 53, I think it is, of Creepy Core and Folklore. I'm so excited for today's topic, but also scared because I've often spoken of ancient mythology and sometimes ones that span prehistorically, like the special dragons episode. At the end of that, I get into where the dragon mythology comes from. That's the special 50th episode. But I think it's helpful to look at modern mythology as well. An example of a, quote, newer, end quote, story, for instance, is from my second episode where one of the cryptids I discuss is El Chupacabra. And I thought, why not dive into even more recent depictions of the Creeptastic? And where I did look was none other than the famous slash infamous Creepypastas. (laughs) Um, I know kind of Creepypasta has kind of been out of favor now. And it's not as creepy as it once was in the good old days of 10 years ago. Um, But I'm going to talk about the top three that I heard the most about personally, um, and which ones were terrifying to me. So diving right in, we're going to start with Slender Man. It's this tall, faceless entity that's dressed in a suit, and it's known for abducting and traumatizing its victims. Um, It originated in the Something Awful forums. It was conceived in a 2009 Photoshop contest, which I didn't know about, so I thought that was cool, on the Something Awful forums. And Eric Knudsen, or Knudsen, known as, quote, Victor Surge in this area. He created an eerie photo composite featuring a tall, faceless figure in a suit with chilling captions. And then what would happen is that on 
Creepypasta, a different website, Slenderman quickly gained traction as part of the creepypasta genre. And these, what creepypasta is, well, it'll encompass like horror stories shared online, like exclusively online. Um, The character's popularity surged as fans began creating their own stories, images, videos, and games that spread the influence of Slenderman throughout the different internet communities. So there was actually even a video game um, that Slenderman influenced uh, and it's extended into the gaming world with like Slender, the eight pages and Slender, the arrival. And it kind of like immerses the players in this eerie atmosphere and it fuels the character's mystique. Slenderman has also inspired a bunch of works of fiction, um, like novels, short stories, web series is a big one. Um, and the influence of Slenderman can also be seen in movies like Beware the Slenderman from 2016. And that delves into the real life consequences associated with the character. Um, I am not a true crime podcast. I tend to steer clear, even though I take in that information. And there's a lot of audience overlap between true crime and creepy core and folklore. And I think that is lovely. Um, but if you're a true crime fan, I think that might be something that you'll want to look into since that is some of the real life consequences of it that had um, a a scary ending. Um, Everyone's okay, but there was an attempt uh, within a friend group um, to harm slash kill someone as like an offering to Slenderman. And that is just putting it very, very lightly and not going into detail. So if that's something that you're interested in, you can check that out. Slenderman tends to embody the evolution of folklore in the digital age. It shows how myths and legends can emerge and thrive in online spaces. It can also demonstrate the power of collective storytelling and the ability of internet communities to create and shape their own mythology. Slenderman taps into these deep-seated fears and anxieties that are prevalent in contemporary society, such as like the fear of the unknown, which I don't think that's even contemporary. I think not knowing something is really scary, loss of control, blurring boundaries between reality and the digital realm. His rise from an online creation to a cultural phenomenon highlights the power of modern mythology and shaping our collective imagination. I think that's such a powerful thing to think about. And internet folklore can have a very transformative nature where ideas can quickly spread, evolve, and take on this life of their own. But Slenderman is a reminder of this fascination with the supernatural and evolution of storytelling in the digital age. The next one I'm going to talk about is Momo. Momo creeped me the hell out whenever I first saw it, Um, but I'll get into its origins in just a second. So this is a viral internet urban legend that features a grotesque sculpture that gained attention for allegedly encouraging harmful and dangerous behavior in children, but we'll get more into that in just a minute. So it was an internet urban legend, of course, um, but this one was very controversial and caused widespread panic. Um, There's 
I'll get into like the origins, the impact and debunk some of the misconceptions surrounding the Momo phenomenon and kind of like focus on like critical thinking and like how this can combat kind of this mass fear. It started on WhatsApp, believe it or not. I was so surprised by this. Um, It first gained attention in 2018 when there were these rumors that were circulating that a grotesque sculpture with bulging eyes and this sinister smile was appearing in the middle of children's videos on WhatsApp. Social media and news outlets contributed to the spread of this panic by reporting on alleged incidents related to the quote Momo challenge end quote and this caused parents and authorities to be very alarmed by its influences on vulnerable children Um, but there is a significant lack of evidence for this even though there are these widespread reports and claims there was no concrete evidence linking the Momo challenge to actual incidences of self-harm or harm to others because it was said that like the kids would be directed like oh Momo will harm you if um you don't do xyz or exactly what I say it's that that kind of like urban legend type of like you must do these things or you'll like summon her um and if you look at the picture of Momo she's really scary looking um but uh these incidences have been based on rumors and anecdotal accounts rather than actual verified cases. Um, and it was ultimately a hoax um, that was brought on by internet culture. So it's an example of how an online hoax uh, that capitalizes on societal fears, like save the children, which I, I mean, we all feel like protect the children. Um, what could they be looking at that we can't Uh, protect them from. um, And the image and associated narrative with the image of Momo gained traction through the social media and viral sharing without critically thinking about if there were any sources. And I'm not shaming like parents for falling for this. I remember seeing it and falling for it. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. And it's because there were all these like news outlets reporting on it too. And I guess they didn't do their due diligence or only relied on anecdotal evidence of this happening, but there was no actual reports of anyone being harmed by Momo. Um, And so it's important to make sure that like we communicate more clearly, kind of critically think about the information we're being shown, but also this can open the, not that like you want my advice on parenting, because I'm not trying to give parenting advice at all. I'm just with anybody, with any human to human interaction, or even just talking about things with your own self, having like online safety, responsible internet use, figuring out where like fears and concerns are rooted in. And this can help us and people around us discern between fact and fiction um, and critically analyze online content. But it also can show like the power of online urban legends and the rapid spread of misinformation in the digital age. But here's the part that's absolutely wild to me. The origin of Momo was traced 
back to a sculpture called, quote, Mother Bird, end quote. Um, and it was created by Japanese artist Kisuki Aiso. And the sculpture itself was initially showcased at an art exhibition in Tokyo in 2016. But the image of that sculpture later found its way onto the internet, where it was used as like a visual representation for the viral urban legend of the quote Momo challenge, even though, you know, it's a hoax. Now we know. But um, but it's just like important to note, I think, that the sculpture itself was not associated with any harmful or dangerous activities. It was just online rumors and stories that generated fear and concern because it tapped into that collective societal fear of protecting our children, not knowing um, what they have access to using the internet, and that there can be these predatory or fear-inducing tactics used online by people that have no face or have the face of Momo. Something else that I think is extra creepy is that um, even though I do feel bad for the artist because uh, Kisuki Aiso ended up saying like he regretted making the sculpture because he didn't realize that it would become what it became. He had no part of that. I mean, how could he possibly have known that? Um, But he just didn't like that a work of his depiction of quote mother bird um was used in such a way to cause mass panic but um I do I am creeped out that eventually the sculpture itself started to like kind of decay and rot and he had to throw it away like because it was it was like a temporary sculpture it wasn't a long-term sculpture um and that just makes me even more upset because if you've ever seen a picture of Momo um she's very I mean it's not Momo it's Mother Bird but she's she does have like those bulging eyes that sinister smile that's like way too wide and thin um and the hair the scraggly hair that doesn't seem quite right you have to look up a picture of her because she is horrifying I do think that that's what the artist was going for for that particular exhibition but it's really wild how it's interpreted outside of its target audience this that no one could have predicted that this would happen. Last on my list is Siren Head. I only just learned about this a couple years ago. Um, but these, I mean, of course, there's so many more urban legends out there. I would love to know what the creepiest modern legend or mythology or folklore is your favorite or least favorite. I could, I could, I don't know how to infamous in your opinion I don't know how to categorize it like which one freaked you out um because I remember being freaked out by Momo because I was really worried that children were at risk I just totally fell for the whole hoax um same thing with Slenderman it was it was that similar like there were these kids that took it way too far there was like a serious issue with it even though it's not the story's fault but it's interesting how it tapped so much into fears of people that it became like a problem at certain points um and siren head is another one of those things because i love watching um playthroughs of like indie horror games, I get too stressed out. I cannot play them myself. I'm I'm just gonna say it. I'm a weenie. 
Um, <laughs> I sweat a lot while I'm playing games like this. Like I just can't handle it. But Siren Head is this fictional creature that is again, internet horror folklore. And it has this towering height sirens for appendages and like kind of like either it's at the end of its arms but usually as its head and this ability to emit haunting sounds and it was just so captivating to look at or think about because it could also sometimes mess with the radio signals because it kind of had a radio look to it or an analog look to it. Um, and the sounds it makes, I have, oh, I, ha- I already have goosebumps. I have such fear around analog horror. I think it's just the generation I grew up in. Um, there were also things in my life that made me afraid of like recordings and stuff. Like there, there's not afraid, but it, it, I, I grew out of that. But there, there's just like that VHS sound, um, the crackling uh like snow or fuzz on like cable TV when you don't have a signal. It was like very, oh, it's very upsetting. And so Siren Head for me embodies a lot of those sounds. Um, And then also something that like is just out there messing with the tech you're using can make me feel uncomfortable as well. Um, Siren Head originated from Trevor Henderson's artwork. Also, can we just take a second and realize that each of the Slenderman, Momo, and Siren Head have all been creations of artists that have then inspired so much storytelling. Like, I think that is so powerful, so beautiful that people can do that. But anyway, um, Siren Head was first introduced to the public through um, Trevor Henderson's chilling artwork. Um, He's a Canadian artist known for his imaginative and terrifying creations. It's like this tall, skeletal figure. It has sirens for its head. That's why it's called Siren Head. Um, And it was just, it just kind of captivated everybody. And it gained this widespread attention as fans began sharing stories or creating fan art or incorporating the creature into their own creepypasta narratives. Um, And the online horror community really embraced Siren Head, which further fueled its popularity. I think because it had such a distinct like silhouette or appearance, um, and it was very eerie. And it was strange, too, because it was often shown, at least the one I, I should say, I don't know how often it was shown here, but I often saw it like in the midst of like the woods, just like Slenderman was just kind of like standing there really tall and creepily in the woods. Same thing with Siren Head. Um, and because of its eerie characteristics, I think that's what propelled it to infamy. Um, and it was all over social media platforms, online forums, uh, YouTube or other video sharing websites. Um, and this further spread the Siren Head related content. And that's why it was so recognizable even outside of the niche online horror community. Um, it's had a bunch of ab- adaptations like video games like I was talking about, but also there's a short film um, animations, cosplays, um, because of its towering presence and alarming siren sounds, 
Um, there have been multiple interpretations of it. Like I shared mine earlier and how it freaks me out, but some people view it even more in depth than that as a metaphor for modern technology's invasive and overwhelming presence, which is a a unique perspective on it. Um, and then others see it as a representation of the anxieties and fears of an uncertain world. There's some psychology behind it. Um, saying that Siren Head taps into primal fears and a trigger sense of unease and dread because of its uncanny appearance and disturbing sounds. Um, I could hear maybe like sirens, like in real life, use a specific decibel level and stuff because it is similar to like a cry for help and it's not often used for anything other than a cry for help. So that might have been why it really jarred me when I heard the siren head sounds. Um, And it just has that ability to evoke certain emotions and provoke the imagination as well that helped it have its lasting impact on the horror community. And I think this just shows the power of online communities in shaping and spreading folklore Um, it's got this unique design. The presence is very chilling. There's this psychological intrigue and like emotions that it evokes. And I think that's what gave it its place in contemporary horror culture. And all three of these examples, and there's so many more. I wish I could maybe, man, I know I just said I'm not going to do special episodes every 10th episode, and I'm going to hold myself to that um, because the the workload was getting too much. Um, But I would love to do like like a list of all the creepypasta. I mean, that's not even possible to do, but as a, a ton, like do a whole bunch of creepypastas and just like rapid fire what they are. And what they meant to the horror communities. Because I think that there's like this fascination with the macabre. And there's this ever evolving nature of internet horror folklore in the digital age. And I think that's just so interesting. But it's through these images uh, that we get this sense of unease and suspense. And this lingering fear of the unknown what's possible, what isn't possible, so much so that even Momo passed through that veil of what's possible and impossible and tapped into people's fears so it made it seem real. Um, But also remembering that all three of these things are works of fiction that are designed to entertain and frighten the viewers and readers. And so I think that that just really shows how powerful folklore is. And then on top of that, the accessibility that the online community makes for these different tales to be told and platforms them. But I would love to hear about the urban legends that have freaked you out the most. Um, I, I think it would be really cool because some people have suggested things to me that I haven't heard of and other people have suggested things to me that I was like, oh, yeah. I remember that. (laughs) Um, So um, I think it would be really cool to kind of like hear what you think about it. Um, If any of these freaked you out, did you fall for the Momo thing like I did? (laughs) So dumb, but really scary. You know, I won't, I'm not letting myself live that down though. Um, And thank you for listening to me blab about like modern folklore this is cool to think about modern takes on uh horror stories and creepy stuff 
and I will talk to you next week. Thanks to all you spooky souls out there for listening to Creepy Core and Folklore. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok if you're looking for more uncanny content. If you have your own tales to tell, you can email creepycoreandfolklore at gmail.com. If you liked this, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts or tell a friend who might enjoy these stories to spread the word. If you're interested in dark fantasy, check out my Hollowverse series. Ashes is available now in paperback and ebook on Amazon and audiobook on Audible, and the sequel is underway. I'm Iona Wayland, and I'll see you next time.